age of silence has ended. Province-wide ban on telling stories finally lifted. No longer must we be forced to whisper. Hear ye, hear ye. Listen to this fable in particular. Hello, and welcome back to Fate and Fables. My name is Matthew Jackson, your Dungeon Master. Thousands of years ago, when Drake was still ruled by dragons, and when Hellion was still warred over by devils and demons, only pockets of civilization brewed in the small corners of existence. Over time, these pockets found each other and organized and grew in strength as they banded together. In this ancient time, fearless were the folk who carried letters across the dragon-wrought lands. These folk were known as ravens, and helped found the great city of Morn in Northern Drake. This fable follows two ravens of Morn, and a particularly special letter. This is the Postal Code, Chapter 1. In the bustling city of Morn, um, as the rain comes down over the cobbled streets and the slate roofs and people busy about their everyday business, there is a tall tower of um, old hewn stone uh, that stands above the rest of the houses. And deep down below it, um, there is a series of dungeons and dark stone rooms dimly lit by candles that are just filled with rows upon rows of um, bookshelves and chests and all sorts of people whose eyes have adjusted to the light um, from the time they spend down here are cataloguing the letters that are being flown in by raven. You can see at the top of the tower there are uh, flocks of ravens that come pouring into the windows uh, where they're quickly processed by the acolytes of the Ravens of Morn, who are well adept at untying the little messages from the backs and claws of the ravens um, and ferrying them down into the dungeons where they are sorted and um, sometimes enchanted and sometimes worked over to make sure that they get to the right place um, at the right time. There is a head archivist who works for the Ravens of Morn. Um, he is a very old man. He's got tiny eyes set into his head, a human man with a wispy long beard. Um, he is wearing a raven's cloak as he pours over a couple of letters and he stops on one. Um, a very like un unremarkable letter, quite small. It would fit in the palm of your hand, um, but his eyes squint anyway. And he, he checks it over and then he goes to his huge ledger that he keeps at his desk and he flips between the pages and pours over them. He's flipping so far back to the book, almost the first page of this huge grimoire um, of records. And he gasps. <gasps> oh! That letter is then sent to by Raven to the courts of Gendale, far across Drake and Hellion. Um, the Raven stops after its many weeks journey exhausted uh, in the hands of a squire as he ferries it to a nobleman who then checks his ledgers um, for a name that's written on the letter. My word. He 
writes a short note back and returns the letter. And after many more weeks of this poor raven's flying, it arrives back at the main offices of the Ravens of Morn, where several high officials talk about what to do with it. It is changed hands many times before it is laid on a desk. You two gnomes stand in front of that desk. You two gnomes whose first name, or the, fir- the first gnome is quite an old gnome. You can see from his well-weathered face, uh, wrinkled laugh lines, wrinkled frown lines. Uh, he's wearing the same uh, leather armour that all uh, Ravens of Morns um, are given upon their initiation and he's never changed it out of habit out of laziness out of stubbornness uh, few know uh, he, his, his armour is scratched up especially at the shoulders where you can see uh, a raven with uh, a shiny beak and sparkling eyes sort of looks around the room uh, curiously he's got his gnomish long ears that stick out either side of his head with many little notches in them um, from his grizzled years of service Um, He has uh, brown eyes that sort of stare off a thousand yards into the distance, even though it is a small, dusty old room. Um, He wears a beret uh, that is similarly scuffed up that sort of pushes down his hair. Um, In it, one single raven's feather that has had most of uh, the the feather has been stripped away from the centre quill of it, and uh, he has a raven's cloak over his back that normally holds many different uh, feathers from uh, ravens to keep the water off, but you can see that many of the feathers have been uh, lost, pulled away over time, and you can see the the dark material underneath the cloth that uh, holds it to his shoulders. Next to him stands a much younger gnome. Um, She stands bright-eyed. She has curly brown hair and a sort of floppy uh, dark uh, coloured hat that hangs off her head Um, she has green eyes um, that scan the desk looking for little bits of information to to glean to find out about her next delivery, she wears a immaculate set of uh, Ravens of Morn um, distributed uh, uniform Uh, brown leather trousers Um, and boots that look like they've been polished uh, diligently and her raven's cloak hangs off her back like she has uh, brushed and poured over it to make sure that there are uh, not a single speck of dirt on it. Their names are Stamp Stumbler and Nyx. Before them uh, sits the same very old archivist with his long white wispy beard Um, his name is Elm. He's been working for the Ravens of Morn, the postal service in Drake and Hellion, for as long as either of you can remember, and as long as anybody that you've asked can remember. Uh, for all that you know, um, this uh, human man um, stares at the two of you uh, as you have arrived awkwardly for like a couple of minutes, just looking you up and down. Well... We have quite an interesting one for you. Stamp Stumbler. Can I sit down first? Of course, Stamp Stumbler. I wouldn't force you to stand. 
please take a seat. And he gestures to a stool, a small stool in the corner that you drag over. Um, similarly, Nyx does the same. No, I'm going to stand to attention. <laughs> Nyx, you can also sit if you'd like. No, I'm fine. Ready, reporting for duty. Okay. What have you got for us? Cannot wait. So happy to be here today. <laughs> she just beams. Um, <sighs> I cannot tell you how excited Stampy and I are for this mission. <laughs> Stampy sort of just like, his, his eyelids sort of half open, uh, scan the room. Um, the old man, he, uh, Elm, he lifts up um, a single letter in his hat. Do you know what this is? This letter is one of the oldest letters that we have ever received to deliver. Where where do you want it delivered? To a man called Julius Lemwood. He places it on the table in front of you. You can see that it has a gold stamp, which immediately uh, catches you off guard, as it is the highest... uh, level of postage that you can pay for. It costs you over 15,000 gold pieces plus just to send one of these. Um, And you'd probably be caught unawares as usually most uh, deliveries that you're assigned to only take one one raven of morn to deliver it. Uh, Usually it's just a raven itself. Um, For this, we're going to need both of you to deliver this. There's Unfortunately, it is overdue by over 400 years. We are running a bit late on this one. And he sort of taps his fingers on the desk and you can see his eyebrows furrow as he looks at his books. Well, if it's been 400 years, surely Julius Lemonface has been, has been dead for centuries by now. Well, perhaps he could be an elf or he could have descendants. In which case... It is legally theirs, and it is our solemn duty to deliver it to them. Uh, we won't let you down, sir. It's a gold stamp. Yes, You it know was... what happened the last time we did a gold stamp? Ah, uh, yes, the lead better delivery. I'd rather not talk about that if it's all right. I don't I'd like to bring it up. Just get it behind us, I'd say. There's going to be wolves in this run. Wolves? I don't want to face any more wolves, Elm. There were too many El- There were too many wolves with the Leadbetter delivery. Well, we're equipped to deal with wolves now. We have experience. You gotta remember, Stampy, that we got away from those wolves in good time and <laughs> delivered the letter only a week late. Uh, you can see that, like, uh, uh, Nyx is sort of just like very subtly as she sort of like takes a couple of half steps over towards Stampy as like trying to pinch him (laughs) to like not mess this up. She's very eager to prove herself. It's not like I can say no. We're not going to let the Leadbetter delivery define us, sir. Well, I don't think this one will be such a challenge. It's only been upgraded to a gold stamp because of how much time has elapsed. Originally, when it was found, it was a green wax, which means that it's... But who knows? Back then, the first letters that were being transported were very important. They 
shaped the course of Drake and Hellion, brought us out of an age of chaos and into an, a light of civilization. Letters, and you can both, you both sort of feel, uh, as, as this has happened many times before as you're in Elm's office, uh, he's gearing up for a big speech about the sacred nature of the letter. Nix is just like wrapped with attention. Eyes gleaming. <laughs> yeah. Um, so about ten minutes later. <laughs> uh, wow. And, yes, and forevermore will the written word carried by a raven of morn be a sacred duty bound by blood and honour. I have spent the last ten minutes trying to find a way to fall asleep with my eyes open. I have failed. Stampy, I know this is potentially your last delivery, as you have served diligently for a hundred years. I need to... I just need my last delivery to go well. Elmi, I'm telling you, if there's but, a single please wolf... Use, look, Stampy, I know... I'm sorry? Elmerson, no wolves... Well, and I, I can't can... guarantee that there won't be wolves, Stampy. I'm just saying. If I can't. Are... No, don't. Don't try and make me guaranteed, because you know I can't guarantee it. Elmwood. It's not I my. Need... Na- you know that's not my name. Eln with an N. You know this... You need to understand. Mm. This. I'm going to retire soon, and all I ask is for my last delivery to go well. Well, I no have, wolves. Well, I can't guarantee the lack of wolves, but I, I have assigned two ravens of morn to this, and two very adept ravens of morn. Now, well, thank you, sir. <laughs> well, I would hope that everything goes well. We've we've arranged for some ponies to be uh, given to you for your journey there. Um. The destination is a castle that we found after we asked at a connection we had at the courts of Gendale. Uh, castle Lemwood. It was small and it seemed like it was very much off the radar, like it doesn't hold any big events uh, any time. I would assume just a castle and a village. How far is this? It should be no longer than four days' ride south. You shouldn't touch the Guildguard Plains. It should be just on the edge of it. I know I've asked this many times before, yes. Elg. No, okay. I, you see, just like as uh, Stamp Stumbler's eyes are just sort of like scanning. He's always like looking through Elm, and Elm is sort of like... It, it, you see his jowls like flapping and shaking every time you call him purposefully by the wrong name. Smaug, why? <laughs> That's a dragon. Why? Ponies. Why can't we finally get some horses? You're you're a gnome, Stamp Stumbler. You're too small for I, a horse. I can ride a horse. But can you? Yes. Comfortably? That's not what your original question was. I can ride a horse. We could both ride one horse <laughs> together. <laughs> she grins. And then and and save a pony. That seems very astute, Nix. Well, perhaps we'll do that then. I'll let the stable master know. Now, okay. I would pray that you would do this post haste. 
As obviously we're already 400 years overdue. We wouldn't want to make it any longer. I'm still convinced they're dead. <laughs> and at that, Stamp Stumbler just grabs the letter, puts it into his pouch, and turns around uh, to leave the, the chambers. We won't let you down. And Thank you. you. Nick salutes, even though there is no formal salute within the Ravens of Morn. And uh, she, her quick gnomish step catches up to uh, Stamp Stumbler as he is walking down the spiraled stone staircase of the tower. I guess it's fitting that my last delivery is to deliver to a corpse the the death of my career. <laughs> Like, Nick sort of, like, is, like, her eyes darting around to try to look for the right thing to say, but nothing comes. These, these two gnomes have worked together over a multitude of different deliveries. Uh, they're very adept on their own, but they're also wonderful as a team and have a, a rich history uh, together within the Ravens of Morn. Um, you know the building and the institution very well, and it doesn't take you long to navigate your way down to the stables. Uh, where a stable boy had two ponies uh, that they have uh, hitched and seemingly filled with provisions and supplies, everything you would need to camp along the road. Um, and uh, the the boy seems about like 14, 15. It seems that the stable master's out. It's just the stable boy here at the moment. Uh, and uh, he turns to you. Oh, uh, yes, uh, the, the archivist told me that you guys were... Uh, going to be heading off so i've uh, hitched these two ponies for you um this is andrew and this is sally any like points well to we are so grateful for that but uh actually there has been a change of plans and we're gonna need a oh. horse oh right just um, one just one horse that we will share majestic horse the most majestic horse oh. you have well we actually only have one horse in at the moment um, well, I'm sure that'll be perfect. Well, I'm not sure if you want to have Buck. Uh, he's a bit temperamental. Oh, dear. <laughs> he was just on a pretty poor delivery, the last one. Oh. Apparently he got chased by wolves. <gasps> um, so he's experienced with wolves, uh, Yes, terrified of wolves, in fact. He's the horse version of us. Uh, you look over, you can see a dappled grey... Uh, horse that is still in the stables. It has the same thousand yard stare that uh, Stamp Stumbler has uh, as it sort of chews on a bit of hay. Are you sure you wouldn't like the ponies? I mean, Andrew and, and Susan are, are extremely good ponies. Wasn't it Sally? Uh, you know what? I change the names as I like. They we're not even supposed to name them. But Andrew gets to be Andrew all the time. This is a weird kind of... Horse. The stable boy just like <laughs> scratches his head and like looks at the two ponies. Well, he just looks like an Andrew. In what way? Well, pretty hard to explain. Um, your raven on your shoulder, Stamp Stumbler, just like uh, takes a, a quick few, few flaps and alights into the rafters to like look down. Um, as she quickly dives down and grabs a little bit of yellow hay and flies it back and immediately starts nesting it into your cloak at your back. I, I pull one out of my pack and I chew on it. Pull what out of your pack? <laughs> the hay. It's not in your pack, it's in your, in your cloak. Oh, okay. 
you just pull that piece of hay out and you <laughs> yeah. chew on it. Yeah. Um, well, Stampy, ponies or horse? I mean, I can I can saddle up Buck for you. I like Buck. Buck, Buck. What is Buck? Buck. Yeah, it's it's what I'm saying. Buck. Andrew, Sally, and Buck. Sally or Susan. How do you feel about Bok, Mix? I'm happy. This is your last delivery. Whatever you want, you get. Um, make a uh, animal handling. Uh, no. Yeah, make an animal handling check. Nineteen. Nineteen. Is uh, your veteran eye scans over the three beasts that are stabled here? You feel a kinship with Buck. <laughs> As your eyes lock, it seems that this poor horse has seen as much uh, trouble on uh, its deliveries as you have. I'm going to take you with me when this is all over. Do you mean... Do you, are you going to kill this horse? <laughs> what? The stable voice says behind you. Like, I'm not going to die as, after the delivery is done. As he starts unsaddling the ponies, he like starts hitching it up to him. Oh, if you say so. Do you have a small ladder that we could use to get on and off this horse? Uh, not that I can give you, I'm afraid. Oh, we're just going to have to be very good at jumping. Well. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> I know you have the jump spell, <laughs> but use burning a spell to get on and off your horse <laughs> seems so over the top. Nix, I do have that spell. <laughs> he says, he sort of twitches his hands, his fingers. <laughs> All right, fine. Get a ladder then. Oh, I mean, I've got a little step that we use for children. And he goes and he pulls it out. He like, plunks mean, it next to the horse. This isn't high enough for us. Well, I mean, we could lift you. Stand on my shoulders, Nix, and then you get up and then pull me up. Okay. And then I just puddle over the... Okay, so you get on top of Nix's shoulders. So he's not too heavy, luckily. On, and on, you... Wait, what? No, she gets I'm on top on of mine. Is... Oh, okay, so you would easily uh, hold Nix on your shoulders. Uh, Nix, you clam- clamber up onto the horse. The horse sort of shifts its weight underneath you a little bit uneasily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you pull uh, as best as you can. It's sort of a clumsy manoeuvre, but you manage to get it done uh, so that... Um, uh, Stamp Stumble is sitting comfortably on the horse, uh, and the two of you uh, tread off. Um, we now, have to do that every time we get on and off. I can't wait. I mean, we can just literally jump off when we get off. We don't. We don't need a spell. So you guys are chatting <laughs> as the horse clops its way through the streets of Morn. Um, your raven. Um, what was the name of your raven again? Avery. Avery. Avery, like, immediately as you're outside, lifts off and up and into, up and into the air. Um, and you guys plop through and you uh, wave to the Morn's Guard as you pass through the, the main gate of the city. Um, Have a good weekend, Tom. <laughs> Thank you! He waves. As, Say uh, hi to Claire for me. <laughs> he, like, beams. It seems that, like, everybody loves... Uh, everybody loves Nick's. Uh, Nick's did her uh, 
her, what's it, the introductory rounds when she started working at the Ravens of Morn, where you just, you just footwork, you're just delivering letters, and she did it in Morn, so she got to know everybody, she's always, she's always like delivering letters to everybody in the, like, each morning, and she got quite a good knack for remembering people's names, their family, and like, you've got a pretty good sense of when it's like a birthday card or if there's money in a letter, so you like, give a wink to people as you deliver it. <laughs> it's just like, the other, I should also add, Apart from Stamp Stumbler, the other Ravens of Morn are not big fans of Nyx, <laughs> as she is constantly making people look bad, because her diligence for her work is, like, so much... Like, she's the only person who, like, uh, has sworn an oath <laughs> to the to the sacredness of the letters. Everybody else, it's like, it's like a great job mm. that you get a pension at the end of it and a little mm-hmm. place to live. But for you, it's like... Oh. It's a sacred duty. Yes. Um, so you guys travel along the road for a day or so. Um, you pass the Red Heart Forest and you skirt the roads around it as it leads right down into the centre of Drake. Um, you have a map where it has been uh, nixed. You have a map in your possession that has uh, Castle Lemwood uh, scratched onto it. Um, and you're pretty good at keeping uh, uh, track of the road. Um, Every night, you move a little bit away from the road to camp, um, and you keep the firelight pretty low as to stay out of trouble. As Ravens of Morn, you're pretty adept at moving about the countryside of Drake without causing too much attention to yourself and avoiding bandits and monsters and all sorts of um, raiding creatures. At one point, um, you, uh, Stamp Stumbler, just have like the tingle of hair on, on the back of your neck um, and make the decision to... Uh, hide the horse in uh, a brush and a copse of trees up on a hill and climb into the trees yourselves to go to sleep. And sure enough, that night you see uh, a a hunting party of uh, goblins and orcs and all sorts of things roaming across the countryside, um, sort of skulking through the tall grass, but they never come up to where you guys have come to camp. the rain starts to fall down on the third day um, as you're making your way. And, uh, Do goblins only travel at night? Goblins don't always travel at night, but they tend to mm-hmm. um, because they're, they're all about that surprise factor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so on the third day, the, the rain's coming down um, and you're starting to feel a little bit tired, but you've still got that determination burning in your heart. Um, you find that the grass sort of becomes a little bit less lush as you turn through these sort of particularly high and uh, stony hills um, that lead towards the castle that uh, you're trying to seek out. Um, The villages and stuff that you stopped past, you didn't spend much time in because you don't want to sort of catch any attention to yourself. So it's been been easily like a couple of days since you've talked to anybody but each other. Um, I was just imagining that Nyx has been non-stop. just non-stop talking <laughs> and Stampy's just like blocking it out like white noise. <laughs> Do you play any games on the road? Non-ish I'm games? sure that I'm trying to initiate games yep. but Stampy's not having any of it and probably end up playing the game with Buck yep. trying to or Avery. No. Buck keeps winning. <laughs> We're done with the playing now. Um, the horse... Buck actually becomes a lot more calm with you uh, two as you head out of the city. After the first day, he seems far more relaxed than he was before. Uh, you think just the fact that 
your gnomish presence, um, which tend to put animals at ease, um, has really done wonders for his nerves. Also, uh, Stamp Stumbler, you can almost talk with animals. Mm-hmm. Like, you can read their... Uh, you can talk <laughs> to animals? <laughs> As you it's catch not, Stamp Stumbler whispering to the horse one, one night. Why do you think I knew the wolves were out to get us? Oh, that makes so much sense now. It would also explain why he growls sometimes. Yeah. Um, so finally, uh, you on the end of this third day, you, you camp in these sort of craggy, stony hills. Um, and there's sort of quite a cold wind that's very out of season for the centre of Drake that blows by. And you have to pull your raven's cloaks around you as you go to bed. Um, the final day's travel... It no longer rains, but there's a howling wind that sort of blows through these hills as you're walking through them. And as you sort of wander up... Do you think a howling wind means that there'll be wolves around here? It's just the wind. Wolf howls sound different. Are you sure? It is at that moment you hear a wolf howling, (laughs) far in the distance. And then you hear... Two more wolves come to join its call. Well, that was definitely a wolf. What are they saying? Wishful thinking, it doesn't work. (laughs) You you hear them. So to you, Stamp Stumbler, you just hear, Hello! (laughs) It's like, you don't hear an exact translation. It's just the general gist as they're like calling to claim their territory. Are they trying to intimidate us? They're not hunting. They're not. They're just. They're just walking around. <laughs> they don't seem to have an agenda as of yet. <laughs> but the second they make it known, we will run or kill them. So he sort of turns his head in the saddle as you guys clock along and makes dead eye contact with Nix. Right, well, we should hurry. Elm lied to us. <laughs> he says as he hurries along, Buck, and you move to a gallop. Uh, on the cleft of the hill, uh, you spot the castle. It seems to be a high-walled um, building that has... Hold on, let me just get my map out for myself. It's a high-walled building that has uh, four sort of rounded towers that, uh, that make each corner of it. And there's one square keep that rises up at the back of it. Um, from this distance and this height, because it is sort of down in a valley below, you can see that there are many small houses within the castle, sort of like Winterfell-esque almost mm-hmm. in, its, in its structure, yeah. uh, but very much like an old... An older, stonier version. You can see little wisps of smoke rising up um, as you approach. Um, There are trees around it and a small stream that runs uh, from this hill all the way down um, and around into a small wood that you can see off to the east. Um, And it seems that the sun is just starting to set as you make your way down towards the castle. Night truly falls over as you finally approach the gates of the castle where you can see two guards high up, maybe 30 feet up, 
holding torches, uh, looking out onto the wilderness. Um, the nearest village must be at least a couple of days' ride away. This might be the most reclusive castle that you've ever travelled to, although not unheard of throughout Drake and Helly. Hello! You call up. Um, we are the Ravens of Morn, and we have come to deliver a letter to the castle of Lemwood. Um, you see one of them lean down. Um, you what? A letter? What's... You're not a raven. We are the Ravens of Morn, who deliver letters... Letters? <laughs> across... The kingdom, and we <laughs> have one for you, good sir. You or see, your... you see, <laughs> you see, Nick's doing these large round arm motions to describe each of them, like she's like she's presenting a royal lord, and like almost like bowing with each with each word in gnomish fashion. Please let us enter <laughs> now, and we will deliver this letter to your master. Right, hold on a moment. Um, and you just see one of the torches disappear. Fine evening we're having. <laughs> you call the other one seems to be uh, a dwarven man who sort of like leans over the, over the ledge. Um, yeah, he's nice. As he calls down to you. Do you enjoy your job? Oh my god. Uh, make a persuasion check. <laughs> um... 19. 19. You've not been here before, have you? No, it's our first time, and we are so happy to be here. My name is Nix, and this is... Don't stop, don't. Stamp Stumble, stop my it. good friend. It is his last... <laughs> she reaches over her back to grab him behind, sitting on the horse to, like, sort of, like, pull at his cloak. No, stop, it is stop his it. last delivery, so this stop, is a really don't. special one for us. They don't need to know about my life. <laughs> you hear just, like, the portcullis uh, in front of you, this sort of, like, large, gridded, wooden metal structure. Stuff. What is your name, good oh, sir? Oh, no, they don't have names. Uh, <laughs> they don't have names. Um, you, you see this guard just sort of like squinting down at you um, and his, his mouth just sort of hangs open at this bizarre occasion. You must understand that these guards, their, their main job is defending this castle against the hordes of nasty creatures that approach up out from the wilderness. But occasionally these odd things happen. Uh, make another persuasion check. <laughs> Eight. Eight. He sort of looks down at you with his mouth open. Oh wait, is slightly. that plus charisma? That is plus charisma. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> this is the same, unfortunately. Uh, he just sort of stares down, uh, his mouth slightly agape. Um, as you see, the other guard has come down. Um, you see that there are uh, two more guards stationed behind him. Uh, as he walks out and his hand is resting on his sword as you guys have your cloaks on and he sort of... Hello, good sir! You, you don't need to yell. Oh, hello, good sir. Oh, you say it and she listens. Um, we have come to deliver a letter to uh, the owner of Lemwood Castle. The owner? There's a... There's a... Do, would you like to speak to... 
and he sort of sweats a little bit, as you can tell, like, he's not used to making decisions. Like, you, you guess maybe this guard is the one that got put in charge of the watch, but usually nothing happens. So he's like, so there's the, the Castellan, uh, and there's the, the Master of Arms, who's in charge of the guard. Um, before we allow you in, we must have you check with one of the two. I, he just turns over his shoulder, and um, he, like... Calls out to the guard behind. You can see it's sort of another thin, very pale, gaunt human man, uh, with sort of like black hair that's like pressed down um, uh, under his helmet. Uh, as he sort of like nods with his eyes wide to him. It's a town of children, apparently. Get, get Arthur Drim. Get the Master of Arms. Um, as he calls behind him, he quickly stomps off. Oh, thank you. We appreciate this so much. It's all right. Um, so, are you having a good day? Sort of shuffles on his feet a bit. It's okay. What grade are you in? I'm. I'm a. What? How long have you? How long until you are out of school? I'm. Small I'm, child. I'm. I'm not a child. I'm a man. How long have you been a guard? Is what he means to say. Oh. Since I was twelve. And how? And. How old are you now? Make a persuasion check. <laughs> yes, she sort of squints, still <laughs> smiling. Six. I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure. I knew then, but I don't know now. He sort of like squints at the two of you, <laughs> trying to wonder what your deal is. Do you enjoy being a guard? Because I enjoy delivering mail. It is my passion. At this moment, rounding the corner of the portcullis, uh, you see a rather old man. He looks to be around 50, maybe 60. He looks to be in quite good shape. He has uh, armour that looks like it's been very well cared for. He's wearing, like, half-plate armour that sort of shines. You can see uh, the symbol of the castle now that has been emblazoned onto the front of his plate mail um, that... uh, you can now see in small parts on the armor of all the other guards. Um, it is a sort of a crest of a hill and then a single tree standing uh, at the t- top of the hill as the sun uh, shines behind it. Um, he seems to have a stern face. He has a, a fair bit of gray stubble. His hair is also shocked gray. Um, he has quite a square jaw. Um, he looks like he is as he turns the corner he's just putting on his helm um to meet you and uh he has like a long sword at his side as he marches towards you you can hear the rustle of his armor and he goes what's all this then hello good sir and i hold out my hand to shake his you lean off the horse he sort of like looks about and he decidedly does not shake your hand oh, in the finally. middle of the night. We are the Ravens of Morn, and we have come to deliver a letter to this castle. Ravens Fine. of Morn. Yes, I know of you. I'm Look. so happy that there's finally an adult here for me to speak to. Is there a Julius Lembrook here? Lem- have- Lemwood. Lemwood. We have a letter for Julius Lemwood, so we would appreciate... Uh, if you let us in so we can deliver it. He's dead, isn't he? That would make me very happy. His face looks exceptionally stern at the the mention of the name. Um, And 
His eyes quickly dart between the two of you, and you're holding the letter? No, it's in my pack. Um, and he seems to, like, quickly read all over, like, each of your body language. The lord of the castle is not currently in. The castellan is here. And I what serve is in the castellan instead. A castellan is the serving lord who looks after the castle and oh, watches over it in like the lord's stead. Like a steward. I wouldn't say that to the castellan. Would the castellan able to take the letter for us and give it to... Or would he have a forwarding address that we could take it to? Now, still... Nix, you would know. A gold-stamped letter is only completed if you were to put it into the hands of the person that you... So that is ancestor of or person. I knew that's what it was going to be. <laughs> now, you can give it to me, and I shall give it to the castellan, we... and the castellan shall give it to the lord. We have to give it to the lord directly. I'm or... afraid it's a special kind of letter, and we can only pass it into the hands of Julius Lemwood. It's a gold wax. You see a couple of the guards behind are sort of like shifting on their feet and their eyes looking to each other. Well, you still haven't confirmed to me whether or not he is alive. The Lord lives, if that is your question. Damn it! <laughs> Do careful of, if you're going to shout, <laughs> lean back slightly. <laughs> Just because I can bring them down, but that would be like major. <laughs> Damp Stumbler's hearing has started to go over the years. <laughs> And that's what he would have heard. Um, uh, the Lord still lives. Right, uh, but I'm gathering from your general demeanor that he does not live here? He visits, and you can see he's sort of shifting on his feet, like looking around. Um, are either of you proficient in insight? I am. Make an insight check. That was chapter one of The Postal Code. You had Louise Cox playing Nyx and Pedro Cure playing Stamp Stumbler. It has been so long since I've posted an episode, so if you're coming back, uh, thank you so much uh, for visiting in again. The next episode will release in three days uh, on the 10th of April, and I'm going to be releasing episodes every Sunday and Wednesday for the month of April. After April, there will be another break, but it won't be as long as the last one. Oh, uh, last thing, if you have any ideas for the intro sequences uh, to these episodes, like the one where you, a fantasy character finds a fable, I-, I would love to hear them, because it's always the toughest part of this, is coming up with those. Um, maybe something fun from your home game, if you have one. Alright, well, that's everything. My name is Matthew Jackson, and this was Fate and Fables. <laughs> <laughs>